I took up this challenge to preach uh, a few sermons from the book of Daniel. And I didn't realize that when I started doing it, that there is some exciting themes and topics relevant for us that in that book, which is certainly a very ancient book, which many of us avoid because it has a lot of things which we don't really understand. It's, a, it's actually a cousin of the book of Revelation that we partly dealt with a few weeks back. And probably the older uh, sibling who poses its own strange challenges. If you were here last week, I gave you an overall view of the book of Daniel and especially the character of Daniel. Today I'm my passage. So this, because of the nature of the material or the passage, you know, that we have different, different types of uh, books, um, literature in the, in the, in the Bible, and each has its own particular characteristics. Books like this, one story or one event is told in one big, what you call a chapter. So, unless we, it is not like the book of epistle, the, the epistles or the gospels, where you can take one verse and expound it. But it's not possible. So, here we have a huge chapter with one theme or one thought, one truth that we need to explore. And the title of the sermon is little crazy, isn't it? What does that say? When leaders go crazy. How to live under leadership that has gone mad? When the leadership goes nut. Bible has something to say about it. Be patient. And uh, let's look at this. If you travel down, drive down NH4, along NH4, towards Bijapur, before you reach Bijapur, there's an archaeological, there is a tourist site. Very few tourists go there, but still you'll see a sign saying Sat Kabar, 60 graves. I don't know how many of you have seen it, how many of you are aware of it, I have seen it. That site is a cemetery, it's a graveyard, where there are 64, minimum of 64 graves, all lined up. The story behind this is the, the craziness of a general, Mughal general, who was the general, army general of Bijapur. And um, there was this battle against Shivaji Maharaj, and this general was supposed to lead the army of the Bijapur king against Shivaji. But Shivaji was a very powerful ruler. He won all the battles he fought. That's what the history says, though reality may be a little different. But he was a fugitive king. And uh, this man went to the astrologers, and the astrologers told this uh, commander, that you will lose your life. You will be defeated by Shivaji in this battle and you will lose your life. And he believed the astrologers before going to the battle. He had 63 wives, it seems. So what he did is that he knew that he is going to die in the battle and he don't want his wives to be captive, made captives and taken to Shivaji's courts or killed by somebody else. 
So in order to protect their honor, he ordered that all the 63 wives be slaughtered. Some people say that he himself killed them by his sword. Some historians say he pulled up, uh, pushed them into a well and killed all the 63 of them. The South Kabar near Bijapur, they are all it lined up. Their, their graves are lined up. You can go and see that. It is now under the custody of the Archaeological Survey of India. ASI is taking care of it. Not very good care as you know. And then finally, this commander was also defeated and he was lost his life. And his body was brought and laid beside his wives whom he killed before going to bat. 63 women of noble birth lost their life, lives because of a king, a general, a ruler going crazy. It can happen. It can happen. Recently, we have reports but not confirmed still. People say it is possible that North Korean ruler, premier, King John Un killed the nuclear negotiators, the people who are negotiating the nuclear deal with Trump, which did not meet any success, which was, uh, which was, and which, which failed. He held these bureaucrats responsible for the failure of the nuclear pa pact that he wanted to sign with Donald President Trump. And it seems, there's an unconfirmed reports, that he killed all the nuclear, all those diplomats, bureaucrats, who were negotiating with Trump and his team to strike a deal between North Korea and U.S. So, when things go wrong, kill people responsible for it. So, North Korea might have killed. Rulers go crazy. Could behave irresponsibly. When they go nuts, how do we live under them? The stories of the King Nebuchadnezzar, who conquered vast lands, the almost all of Asia that we know now, even North Africa. He established this great Neo-Babylonian empire somewhere in the 6th century. In his second year, the book of Daniel says, in his second year of his reign, he had a strange dream. All of us have dreams. Some of us dreaming becoming kings and rulers and prime ministers of India. And we marrying, um, you know, from the noble families or this and that and all sort of, you can have any, any dream. But the problem is not the dream. The problem with Nebuchadnezzar that by the morning he forgot the dream. But he knew that he's had a strange, frightening dream. Those who read Daniel 2 knows that. He had a dream and the dream was frightening, but he doesn't know what the dream was. So he want to know two things now. What is, what was the dream that I 
So, last night. Sometimes in the morning I get up and then when my wife gets up, I tell her, see, I had a dream. I saw somebody in the dream. I saw some dad. I saw something. I saw we both of us going somewhere. I saw this and I saw this and I Some of those dreams have no stuff. Sometimes I say, I saw a dream, but I can't tell you the details. In the dream, I saw my grandma and my grandma was having a coke, maybe, something like that. But then I don't know. Did I see my auntie also in the dream? I have forgotten. But so, we all forget our dreams, isn't it? Sometimes we don't care about it. But a frightening dream which you have forgotten. The fear of the dream still lingers on. The dread lingers on. But you don't have the details. So the king said one thing. Rulers can order anything. So he said, call all the wise men, the astrologers and diviners and uh, all these people. And he said one thing. I demand one thing. Tell me the dream. One. Number one. And tell me the meaning of the dream. Two things. Tell me the dream. What is my dream? How do I know your dream? Your dream, my dream, and tell me what does that mean? So he said, he called all the wise men, he man, a man called Ariok. He was deputed to carry out this order. And he said, verse 2, 5, it says, the king answered and said to the Chaldeans, the astrologers, or the diviners, or the wise men who can interpret things. The word from me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you shall be torn limb from limb, and your houses shall be laid in ruins. That's when a ruler goes crazy. He says, I forgot my dream. That is your fault, king. That is your problem. You should be treated for amnesia, lack of memory, memory lapses, short or long-term memory lapses. But don't blame us. But he says, this is firm. If you don't tell me the dream and what it means, I will tear you eh, like the person in the chicken shop. You know? He will tear, cut. I will cut you into pieces. And I will, your houses will be destroyed. Raised down. The, the wise men said, you know the passage that I, the portion that I read, <coughs> the wise men said, King, this is not possible. How can we do that? You tell us the dream, we will give you an interpretation. The king said, no, 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 this is firm. You are trying to fool me. Now, <clears throat> here comes Daniel. And he said, think of this, this whole thing. In those days, Babylon is known for all the wisdom in the world. You know? Including, they are the ones who invented astrology before Indians did it. So we call it Iranian astrology. He is the mother or father of astrology, divination in the whole world. Now, Daniel steps in. And Daniel told the king, don't kill anyone. Give me a chance. 
So he said, stopped the execution of the Babylonian wise men. Okay. You think of all the vice chancellors of all the universities of the whole empire is going to be wiped out in one single day for not knowing the dream that the king had. What a funny world. Now, Daniel steps out and he says, look, I'll take up the challenge. Give me a few days. He went to this great, this man called Ariok, who was in charge of this, uh, carry out these orders. He said, give us some time. And he went to the king. And he, finally, he comes out and he tells the king the dream. Now, and then he saved the life of the people. The king was happy because he said, oh, that's the dream I had. And Daniel said, this is the meaning of the dream. And the king said, okay, fine, stop the killing. Nobody was killed. Daniel was honored and his three friends were given responsible position and Daniel continued to be an advisor to the great Babylonian emperor. Sounds familiar? See minor versions of this? In, in government, jobs, public sector, the private sector, corporate world, which are way smaller places, bigger places. Wrong threat perceptions of the rulers has serious consequences on the lives of people. Many closures, company closing down, many times layout, cutting down jobs, many times acquisitions leading to job losses and great company losses. All these come from just one thing, that the rulers, the decision makers going crazy. It doesn't have to happen. Sometimes indecision, unable to take a decision, that makes a place, a workplace very toxic. Place where you cannot work. Constantly under threat. Being told there are rumors in the company, you know, there are rumors in unofficial email domains from unofficial in the rumors spreading that the company is going to close down, our manager or MD is going to be sacked and it's going to throw us into total disarray. So there is insecurity setting in the workplace. There is a lot of doubt, suspicion of each other, lack of trust, and the place becomes very toxic. Just because one ruler, one leader, responsible for taking policies or decisions, crucial decisions affecting your life and my life has gone wrong. It affects lives, individuals, families, and communities. I was in a, I, I visited a central government facility, a company, a corporation, because they owe me some money, 3,000 rupees. So I was trying to get my money back, a deposit I made some 20 years ago. 
And this man, a, a chief engineer, a, a very responsible person, and he told me, sir, we don't have money to give you. The central government of India is a company owned by the government of India. And they say, I have no money to give you. So I said, I need to get my money back. See, and so he said, sir, the government doesn't have money to pay our salaries. What do you know? So we have, we are not paid for two, three months now. Then they are asking people like me who are above 50 to retire, voluntary retirement. So how can you, how can, how, how will I pay for my, do, my, do, my daughter is in second, second year of engineering. My son is in high school. We have education loan to pay. We have loan on the house to pay. So you are here for 3000 rupees that the government owns me. My whole life depends on it. I felt so bad. But anyway, I gave a formal letter saying, if you cannot pay me my uh, deposit, pay that towards my telephone bill. Adjust it. They haven't done it. Still, the government of India owes me 3000 and some change. But the problem is that workplace, the fear in that workplace, because there is a rumor that this company will be taken over. The government of India may hand this over to a private company. Lot of loss. Every day they come to the company to work with fear, losing the job. The email landing in their inbox saying, you are no more needed. Wrong policies can mess up people's life. Daniel was in a such a situation. But the difference between Daniel and us is that Daniel is in such a situation where the king Nebuchadnezzar who ruled the whole world, known world of that time had gone crazy and he, he is going to wipe out all the knowledgeable academics in the country in one go. How do you, how will you behave in such a situation? When there is panic in the organization, everybody is panicked. There are rumors going around. When everybody lives under fear, when everybody lives under insecurity, what should a Christian do at that situation? Daniel has an example. Daniel got involved in it. He did not, he just say, okay, he's going to kill all the enchanters and diviners and astrologers. That is fate. Let's face it. No. Daniel was not willing to take things lying down. That is the first thing. But two, three things that I would like to highlight today in the context of this is, first, acknowledge God in any situation. Acknowledge God. That's the first thing to do. That is, that means, believe that there is nothing that God can do, cannot do. There is nothing which God cannot do. Acknowledge God that God is in charge of all the situations. That awareness is the first thing. 
Acknowledging that, I'll read two scripture passages. Acknowledging that God is the source of wisdom and nothing is hidden to God and he can reveal all mysteries. That is the first thing to do in troubled situations, toxic situations, when things go wrong. When everything goes awry, just remember, there is something, there is God, He has laid the foundations of this world, and even the whole world totters. He is the source, He is the foundation of stability. Now what Daniel did is, he went into prayer, he went to pray, and then he prayed, and then he glorifies God. Blessed be Daniel 2 verses 20 to 23. Before that I should read Daniel 27 to 28. 2, 27 to 28. Daniel answered the king and said, Daniel goes to the king's presence and says, King, no wise men, enchanters, magicians or astrologers can show to the king the mystery the king had asked. Nobody can do that. But then he says, the big but. He says, but, O king, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and your visions of your head as you lay in bed are this. The most important thing here is that the king sought help from everywhere. But Daniel said, you have still one person to consult. You have left out that person. That is the king of, the god of heaven. No man can reveal these mysteries. Only God can show this mystery. And it belongs to him. You are seeking the wrong people and for the wrong things. But there is the right person from whom this dream has come. And that is the God of heaven, the creator of the universe. And before that, Daniel acknowledges God and he said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times, 20 to 23. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. To you, O God, God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise. For you have given wisdom and might and now have made known to me what we ask of you. That's where that's the greatest wisdom is to admit that our wisdom is limited and God's wisdom is unlimited. We need to reach that awareness. The greatest wisdom is to admit that we are not wise. But God alone is wise. If you think we are wise, if I think we are wise, I will be looking for all solutions and come out of that 
futile search with a bleeding nose. That's it. But Daniel took the first step. First step is to say that this situation that I am facing in my life, the situation that I am facing in my church, the situation that I am facing in my workplace is too big for any one of us. But not to God. That awareness is the first step. Second thing is to seek godly support. Seek godly support. Don't run here and there. Daniel chapter 2 verse 17 to 18. When Daniel came to know that the king has a strange dream, king has gone crazy, Daniel went to his house. Chapter 2 verse 17 to 18. Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, his companions, and told them to seek the mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Egypt. The second crucial step that most Christians ignore is to seek the support of fellow believers. When Daniel came to know what's going to happen in the king's order, Daniel goes to the house. You remember? There were many others who were made captives by the king, the, the, by the Babylonians. And we had, in chapter 1, we come to, had come to know that there was at least three more, Daniel and three others. Hananiah, Mishael and Asariah. They were godly people. In the previous chapter we saw that they are people of courage and they said we will not defile ourselves by the king's food and drink. And they kept himself holy. And Daniel goes to those people, committed godly people, who stood with them in a previous crisis, who had proven their worth their godliness. He goes to them, his companions, who worship the king, the, 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 the king of the universe, and he sought the help. And he told them and to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery. This is why in all our struggles of life, in all our stripes, struggles in all aspects of our life, the believing community is the crucial companion. There are people who say that my life with Christ is fine. I will Sunday morning I will get up or um, I will uh, turn the TV on. There is this great worship coming on the TV and this great preacher coming on the TV and that's my church. So I asked, why are you not coming? I asked the person, why are you not coming to church these days? He said, I have my church in my house. I said, you are church in my, did you start a new church or what? That's one way of getting out, getting trouble out of the play, out of the church. So I said, yeah. So she said, no, 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 no. I have my TV and there's great worship and then there is this preaching. So that's my church. That church will work. But when your ruler goes crazy, that won't work. 
You need the support of a believing community. They may be in the crisis, they may, may be out of the crisis. You need to a place to run to. The best place to run to is your own brothers and sisters who believe the same thing that you do. That's where. So that is why don't try to fight all the, all the fire on your own. You cannot fight all the fire your own. Some people think that this is such a complicated case for the church to know and pray for. There is nothing like that. I remember a case when there was an engineer doing Yamtak. He was he had a BTAC and he was working with the defense uh, for a long time. And then he came to Pune to get his uh, Yamtak. It was a Yamtak through research. And he was an army officer. And he was in a college in Pune. And we used to worship together. I didn't know him very, very closely. But he ran into trouble. He was doing a research. He was writing a project. Dissertation on the problems related to rocket launching. Okay, rocket launching. So when the rockets are launched, the, the platform will shake. And how to minimize the shaking of the platform? That was his research about. And as all researchers and writers do, you get this writer's block, you hit a cul-de-sac, you can't proceed, you know, it's all blackout. So this man was, was about to give up his degree and go back to his base. But his pastor, I was part of the congregation that time. The pastor said, look, brother, he went to pray and the pastor prayed over it. And this is not a thing that uh, will go away in prayer. Um, so the pastor said, why don't you just go to and talk to Dr. Paulson. He also has an, is an academic. He also went through research and all that. He may be able to help you. So he came to me. And I, and I told him, what is your research? I said, I don't want to know your research. Because how to launch a rocket vertically without the platform shaking is beyond my brain. It's beyond the limits of my brain. It's not that big. I don't know anything about it. But one thing I will do, brother. We'll pray now. And I do one thing. We will covenant. I will covenant to pray with you until your research is over. Is that okay? And I told him some practical tips, how to get over writer's block and things like that. I gave him some ex tips from my experience mm -hmm. as a researcher. But I, the, the greatest advice I gave him was this. Ben, I'll stand with you until you finish this. In prayer, that God will give you grace to finish this in time. Ben believed we held hands in my office together, in my study, and we held hands together and we prayed together. And I prayed to him for him until he submitted his thesis. He submitted it, he got his MTAC, and then when he graduated, he brought a copy of this uh, dissertation, how to launch rockets without the platform shaking, for, to me, for a copy. I kept it in my library for a long time. Your prayer works. But when you make your brothers and sisters pray with you together, it works even better. Sometimes we have secrets 
People dying of cancer won't tell us that they have cancer. For their privacy. Why are you going to die of cancer? Why don't you tell us so that we can stand with you? Like these three young men stood with Daniel to untie and note a great mystery. That's why church is important for all of us. That's why a relationship with a with believing community is important for us. Because they pray. They stand with us in prayer. In any crisis, whether it is in family, whether it is in your workplace, whether it is in a neighborhood, remember, you need, you stand as one person, one member of a wider group of people who seek the same God. That's the reason why Daniel succeeded. A third principle. When people around you are crying, don't know what to do, are confused, are despondent, doesn't know what to do. If you believe in, in Christ Jesus, if you believe in God, the creator of this universe, you have a responsibility. Step out of the line. Come forward. Take leadership. That is what Daniel heard. Daniel did. Daniel heard that Arioch is given the orders to kill all the wise men in the land. Then Daniel could have said his last prayers and prepared himself to be killed. Daniel didn't do that. Daniel went to Arioch and asked Arioch, what's going on? 2.14 It says, Daniel replied with prudence and discretion to Arioch, the person in charge of this mass execution of the academics, philosophers of Babylon. Daniel replied with prudence and discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. And he asked for some time. Daniel took the risk. Daniel was, he, he put his neck on the line and he said, look, stop for a minute. And he went to the king and just asked the king, give me some time. I will, I will, I will tell you the dream and its interpretation. A Christian in a company makes a huge difference. That's what I believe. Should make a huge difference to the company. A Christian in an organization should make a great difference to that organization. People who take leadership in crisis. There's no point crying with people who are crying, who have lost hope. It's easy, but a Christian is a person who is called to hold on to hope where there is no reason for hope. Like Daniel did. He's a person who should hold on to hope when there is no hope at all. In the, in the, in, in the midst of all hopelessness and despondency, all disappointment and frustration, the Christian should stand up, the believer should stand up, the one who follows Christ should stand up. 
There are many other examples too. Number one from Old Testament is Esther. When the king, Persian king, ordered that all the Jews should be killed, Esther risked her neck and presented herself before the king, fully knowing that the king can, could kill her. But she took the risk. She said, if I die, let me die. She took a risk and she was able to save the entire Jewish nation, the people living in diaspora. A believer has the confidence to do that. Saint Paul was in a similar situation in Acts chapter 27. Let me tell you the story very briefly. Saint Paul was sailing to Rome as a prisoner along with other prisoners. There was a centurion who was in charge of the prisoners. He was nobody else other than an ordinary prisoner in that ship. But as a though a prisoner, in the very beginning of the journey, Paul said we should not venture into the sea right now because the weather is going to be bad. They did not listen to him. Then there was another situation where they ran into rough weather and um, they were about to kill all the prisoners because when the, if the shipwreck happens, the prisoners will escape. Again, Paul, the main prisoner, he stood up and said, don't kill the prisoners. We, this ship will break into pieces, but we all should reach the island called the Malta, Melita in the Bible. The Malta, island of Malta. That happened. Before that happened, these people, there was no sun, nor moon, no stars could be seen. It was so thick, dark, day and night. There was no way of navigating the ship. They didn't know where they are going. Even the centurion and the captain and every officer and all the prisoners were stricken with fear. For many days they did not eat any food. Now let me read the rest of the story. Acts chapter 27 verse 33 to 36. I'll read slowly. As day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food. Today is the 14th day that you have continued in suspense without food. To the fellow prisoners and the soldiers and the captain, the centurion, he says, this is the 14th day that you haven't eaten any food, brothers and brothers, because you are in fear. You know that your life is doomed. He said, Paul urged them all to take some food, saying, today is the 14th day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food. Who is that? Paul, the prisoner. For it will give you strength. For not air is to perish from your head of any of you. Nothing will happen to you. Not, not a single one of you will die. Take food. We need strength in our body. They were not willing to do that. When he had said these things, he took bread and he gave, th gave thanks as if nothing has happened. But nothing is going to happen. 
to God in the presence of all, of all, he broke it and he began to eat. They all were encouraged and ate some food themselves. That is St. Paul. <laughs> in, in times of crisis like this, life-threatening situations, when you, all that you can see is death and destruction, Men of God, stand up. And not only they encourage others, they act on what they said. He did not wait for others to eat. He ate with confidence and set an example. So others ate. A few hours later, the ship was broken into pieces, shattered into pieces, but all of them had strength from this meal to hang on to the broken pieces and swim ashore. And all were saved. So what should we do in crisis? In crisis, when everybody sees doom and darkness, when everyone is gripped with fear, and hopelessness. A man or woman of God who has sought the face of God in his prayer and the strength of his fellowship of believers steps out, acts it out. Acts with boldness. Thirdly or fourthly, I don't have numbers here. Speak the truth to powers. Speak the truth to the powers. Don't hide anything. Daniel steps out and God had revealed him the dream. And the dream is not a very pleasant dream. That is why the king was frightened by the dream though he did not know the meaning. Daniel says, now, king, here is the dream. Let me read the brief description of the dream. He read 31 to 35. Heine had already read it. You saw, O king, and behold, a great image. That is your dream. This image, mighty and of exceeding brightness, stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was of fine gold. Daniel goes on to describe this image. A huge image. A bright image of frightening, frightening appearance. The head of this image was of fine gold. Its chest and arms of silver. Its middle and thighs of bronze. Its legs of iron its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. When the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold all together were broken in pieces by a little stone, and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. 
the silver and the gold and the iron it become became powder and was carried by the winds and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found but the stone king became a great mountain and filled the whole earth the king said yes might have said yes yeah that's a dream i had a very frightening dream a huge image very bright image brightness coming from the gold and the silver and the polished maybe metal the the the, the iron but now it falls down and it disappears into the four winds and a little stone that struck it became a huge it filled the whole world and that is the truth now king he goes on to say in verse 36 this is the interpretation and in verses 36 to 45 he interpreted the dream this is the dream now i'll tell you the interpretation i'm not going to read the whole thing he says few things the truth the truth is that the head of this golden head that you saw is your empire your great empire that you have built the babylonian empire but this empire is don't think that this empire is going to last forever your empire go and read it if you haven't read it yet this empire will be replaced by another empire and then the interpretation is that he didn't say that it is that this daniel daniel sorry the nebuchadnezzar empire will be replaced by the media media persian empire then comes another empire king and that is of steel sorry iron and then what daniel meant we know later on is that it is the roman empire which will replace it then comes another empire that empire will be the greek empire which is of mixed I mean the roman empire now he had i probably might have messed up the sequence but forget that but what he was trying to say is that your kingdom is not going to be for ever your kingdom with all the power that you have comes with an expiry date king that's the truth your kingdom and all his glory will be replaced by another empire and that empire will be replaced by yet another empire and that empire will be replaced by yet another empire but there is a small stone that will come and hit these all these empires the another second truth all these great empires have feet of clay they are not going to be forever when we say that word you know that's become an expression idiom in english feet of clay they may have heads head of gold chest of silver legs of steel iron but they all have feet of clay but a small stone daniel was speaking prophetically 
He was speaking prophetically about what is going to happen about 500 to 600 years ago, century, 5 to 6 centuries, 4 to 5, 6 centuries later, and completely fulfilled in that if this small stone will come, hit these whole empires, all the empires, on the clay, the feet of clay, and they will collapse and they will disappear. All the glory of Babylon, Media, Persia, Greek will disappear and they will vanish. But this little stone will become a huge stone and fill the whole earth. He was talking about the messianic kingdom that Jesus Christ is going to establish. That is the truth. Daniel did not mince any words. Daniel did not water down the truth. Daniel did not negotiate anything. Daniel spoke the truth to the powers. Speaking the truth to lesser powers is easy. But speaking the truth, tell people what things really are. Don't try to see when you have a problem in the place, in a, in a family, in a family problem, the responsibility of the pastor is to simply negotiate. I don't believe that so. Tell people what exactly has gone wrong with them. Make them see the truth. Truth only will set them free. Lies will always make them slaves. That is where the commitment comes. In any crisis, speak the truth to the powers so that the powers will change. That's the fourth and the last thing. Never hide. Sometimes in workplaces, I'm, this is works all across the board. It could be personal relationships, the whole scenario I'm going to, I have been talking about. This book tells us it could be workplaces, it could be family relationship, it could be church. Church, church life. When people go wrong, tell them it's wrong. Take leadership. Sometimes flock together to hold each other in prayer. That's why the rulers go crazy. Remember, there is a ruler who will never go crazy. And that is the creator of this universe. The ruler of this world. Who is in charge of all the affairs of this world. Nothing will happen without his knowledge. And we bow down before him. In humility. Knowing that he knows. And he is in control. And all that we need is him on our side. Taking leadership according to his guidance and the wisdom that we have received from him. A Christian will make lasting impact in his society, in his, her society. May God help us to do that. Amen.